Well, good morning again. Thanks for being with us this morning and kicking off the new year. If we haven't met, my name is Corey, and I am the lead pastor here at GFC, and I'm excited to share with you today, and congratulations, because if you're here today, whether you're in the room or online, you have perfect church attendance in 2022. So thanks for hanging out with us and worshiping today. It is awesome uh, to be with you. And we're excited to kick off this year. You know, 2021 was my first full year here at GFC, and we're so thankful to be here. We love it here. We love being able to do ministry alongside of all of you and, and to be together uh, and to be a part of local church here, and we're so excited about that. And that also means that we get to build off of that year, and we get to move into this new year together. And so I want to introduce a couple of parts of this conversation today. There's kind of two aspects of it. The one that is going to carry through most of the year. Through We have an idea that we're going to kind of carry through the whole year. And then there's our specific conversation that we're going to start today. And then we're also going to continue through most of the month of January. And so the first thing I want to talk to you is about this word that you see on the screen and on the wall behind me. It's the word resolved. This is a focus that we've decided to have as GFC this year. And so why, why would we use that word? Why would we decide to use the word resolved as a focus that's going to carry us through this entire year? And I'll tell you why. One of the things that we want to think about is what the video just said that we watched, right? The way that church happens and the way that life has happened has changed over the last two years. There's different aspects that are, uh, unfortunately, they've changed and they are never going back, right? There are some changes that may swing back the other direction, but there's different things going on. Even church itself looks different. We have more online church attendance than we've ever had. Many churches have more online church attendance than they've ever had. There's also something, I don't know if you heard this, there's something called the metaverse. And so now there's actually people who are real people who are functioning as virtual people, going into a church together virtually and worshiping there together. Now, we can have a discussion whether that's church or not. We're not going to go there today, but the point is things just look different. And so as things change, whether it's in the world around us, culture, whatever, it's going to influence the church somewhat, right? The way that we do things, that how we see things, what's good, what's bad. We, we, some of that is going to be a little bit fluid. And so the issue is we want to know and be able to identify the things that can be a little bit more fluid and the things that will never be fluid. The things that will be at the core of what we believe and what we will be resolved about versus the things that we maybe don't need to be resolved about. Let me give you a couple of examples, right? I've told you before, and if you're new here, maybe you haven't heard this, but when I was growing up in church, my mom would never let me wear jeans to church, okay? Wouldn't happen. Now, I happen to be wearing khakis today, but 90% of the time I'm up here, I wear jeans. And then even when I was interning at the church where I grew up, most of the time if I was going to stand on stage, the rule was like, you should have a tie or you should have a jacket or whatever. Listen, I don't wear ties. It just doesn't happen. If I do a wedding or funeral, then it'll happen, but not often. It's different right? Things have changed. There were certain rules that growing up that we had to follow or the church told us to follow or different churches. And and so things have gotten a little more fluid. What you wear, right, is something that is fluid. It's different. It's going to look different. Church today, what we wear is going to look different than 20 years from now. Well, maybe it'll be the same because the 90s are coming back. But like what was wearing before, like, right, it's going to change. It's going to be different. That outside, those peripheral things can change and can move. But what about the things at the center, the things we're going to be resolved about, the deity of Christ, right? The inerrancy of scripture, the fact that God is one God that we worship. He's present in three persons. 
the fact that we use the scripture as our final authority. What are those things that we're going to hold to and not change? Because here's what happens, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Sometimes things that shouldn't be at the core get to the core, and then those things change, and then the foundation falls apart. So we let the wrong things in, and that changes things because those things are going to be a little bit more fluid. If I'm being confusing, we'll talk about it more today. But at the same time, we don't put things in that should be at the core, and then when those things change, our faith looks different when it shouldn't. And that's what we're going to talk about this year. We're going to kind of weave that conversation into what we're talking about. And then specifically, we're starting a series today for the month of January that's called We Are GFC. So some of this is going to look a little bit more specific to who we are and what we believe. We might believe something or think something differently than the church down the street, and that's okay, but we're going to talk about what this means for us in our context. And so two things I want to let you know about um, moving into that that are kind of going to help us as we think about this foundation is the first thing is we have a partnership gathering coming up. Well, what does that mean? What, what we call membership here at GFC is actually, we call it partnership, and here's why. And this is not to say anything against any other churches that call it membership. We're not a country club right? We're not Sam's Club. We don't have membership. We have partnership. When you, when you sign up, you become a partner here. You're partnering in ministry. And so when we join together, we say we want to have partners. It means that you're coming alongside, we're linking arms, and we're moving and forward together to share the gospel and to build disciples and to share the scriptures with the next generation together. So if you're not a partner or you would be interested in hearing what a partner is, we have a partnership gathering on February 6th at 6 p.m. Now, some of you might go, wait a minute, that sounds like Super Bowl Sunday. It is not. Because God has blessed us with another week of football this year. So it's actually the following week, okay? So don't worry about that. It's not Super Bowl Sunday. We wouldn't do that to you, okay? So there's no commitment that's made that night, by the way. It's just to come in here. So if that's interesting to you, put that on your calendar, and we're excited about that. There's another thing that we talked about previously called Equip Classes. We're going to start those in February. There's going to be one class. You're going to see a registration for that coming out soon. We've chosen a topic. I know I'm keeping it very vague. You'll hear, you'll hear soon, okay? An opportunity after Sunday mornings to join together and to dig deeper into scripture and to topics together. So those two things we're excited about and we think those are going to be opportunities to kind of build on as a part of GFC as we move forward into the future. All right. So commercials over. Let's dive into today. I wanted to do something fun today. I wanted to do something a little bit different. And so I asked Pastor Andrew uh, if he had a copy of this book, and he did. And so we're going to read this book together today. I just got some really weird looks from some people, just saying. We're going to read this book. It's called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Maybe you've, how many of you have read this before? Okay, so you've seen it. How many of you, it's been a long time though? How many of you read it like in the last week to your kids? There we go. We got one. Okay. So we're going to just read this together. I don't have all the pictures up here on the screen. If you've never read it, it's Dr. Seuss. By the way, we're not saying that Dr. Seuss is scripture. Okay. That's not what we're saying. But I think it's, it's an interesting book to kind of read through and think about as we move into the new year. Okay. And as we read it, as you're hearing the words, and I'll try and show some of the pictures to you, right? For if you want to move closer so you can see the pictures, you're welcome to do that. But we'll, we'll see what's happening. And, and we're going to read through. And I just want you to kind of listen with a scriptural ear. Think about what the book is saying, what things it's talking about, and if they fall into the scriptural category. 
There might be some things that you say, man, that does sound like it. Or there might be some things that say, nope, not at all. That doesn't sound like scripture at all. So I just want to read through it, and then you'll see kind of how we process this as we have our conversation this morning. So bear with me. As I read through this in practice, some of these words in here are more difficult than like Hebrew words. So it was, it was a little bit difficult. Okay, so it starts off by saying, congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off on your way. You have brains in your head and you have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know and you are the guy who will decide where to go. So there you go. In the back if you can see. There you go. You'll look up and down streets. You'll look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there with your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet. You're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there, things can happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsy as you. And when things start... Start to happen. Don't worry. Don't stew. Just go right along. You'll start happening too. Oh, the places you'll go. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will, not top, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch, and your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump, And the chances are then you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. You will come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly are darked. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare stay out? Do you dare go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? And if you go in, should you turn left or right, or right and three quarters, or maybe not quite? Or go around back and sneak in from behind? Simple, it's not, I'm afraid you will find. For a mind maker upper to make up his mind. You can get so confused that you'll start in to race down long, wiggled roads at a breaknecking pace and grind on for miles across weirdish, wild space. Headed, I fear, down a most useless place, the waiting place. For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the train to go, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or for a no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for the wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night. Or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. No, that's not for you. Somehow you'll escape 
All that waiting and staying, you'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. With banners flip-flapping, once more you'll ride high, ready for anything under the sky, ready because you're that kind of guy. Oh, the places you'll go, there is fun to be done, there are points to be scored, there are games to be won. And the magical things you can do with that ball will make you the winningest winner of all. Fame, you'll be famous as famous can be with the whole wide world watching you win on TV. Except when you don't, except when they don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too. Games you can't win because you'll play against you. All alone, whether you like it or not, alone will be something you'll be quite a lot. And when you're alone, there's a very good chance you'll meet things that scare you right out of your pants. There are some down the road between hither and yon that can scare you so much you won't want to go on. But on you will go, though the weather be foul. On you will go, though your enemies prowl. On you will go, through the though the hicken cracks howl. See, this is so difficult. Onward up many a frightening creek, though your arms may may get sore and your sneakers may leak. On and on you will hike, and I know you will hike far and face up to your problems, whatever they are. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact, and remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and dexterous and deft, and <laughs> never mix up your right foot with your left. And you will succeed. Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So, be your name, this is hard, Bucksbaum or Bigsby or Bray or Mordecai, Ali, Van, Alan O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. This is why I'm not a kindergarten teacher, okay? But when we read that book, right, it's fun it's silly. There's a lot of difficult words to read in front of people. And you see that kind of there's this progression, right? There's, there's a direction to go. There's things to be done. And, and in the middle, right, there's a place that we don't want to be. There's the waiting place. The place where you, and sometimes you have to wait, right? Sometimes you get stuck. You have to wait on results. You have to wait for something to come back. You have to wait for a response. But in the middle of that book, it says that waiting is not the place that you want to be. And here's what I want us to get as part of our conversation today. The waiting is not where we want to be. In fact, as we'll read in just a little bit, there's, there's a progression to following Jesus where we continue to move forward. We continue to press on and we continue to go. And it's not, right, the book is true. Not everything's going to be easy, right? You're not always going to be famous and on TV. Many of us won't be. But at the same time, there's a progression that needs to happen. And there's a progression that happens that we've already gone through that can be a little bit scary, right? The new year can be both exciting and scary. There might be things that are on your calendar for this year that you're super excited about. You know that there's going to be a baby born, or you know that there's going to be a wedding, or you know there's going to be a graduation, and you are excited about those things, and you're looking forward to them. There could also be things on your calendar for this coming year that you're terrified of, that you know you're going to have to step into, or you're going to have to go through, or, or, or maybe it's just the unknown of what you're going to have to go through. And it's scary, and you don't know what to do with that. 
But there's a progression we have to make to continue moving forward, whether we're going to go through something scary or not. And what I think is so important is when, as we walk through that, as we progress forward and we go through life, one of the most important things we can have is we can have our foundation on Jesus. And I think that this is true of foundations. Foundations predetermine strength and longevity. Foundations predetermine strength and longevity. I think this is true for buildings, for houses, for relationships. There's, there's all kinds of things. If the foundation is wrong or it's no good, it's going to show that that thing is not going to last very long. In a relationship, maybe you, uh, when you were dating someone, you went on a few dates with them, right? You got to two or three dates, and all of a sudden, it was in your head, it was just like, this is not going to work, right? There's something that was a tip to you. They said something, they did something, or you had an argument or whatever, and you just thought, the foundation that we're going to build this on is, is, is not going to work. I think the same would also be true if you were building a new house, and you're talking, talking to the contractor, and they said, you, you know, you asked, how long is the foundation going to take to lay? And they said, a week to two weeks. I have no idea how long it takes to lay a foundation, by the way, but let's just go with that. They say, it's going to take a week or two, and then all of a sudden, they come back two days later, and they're like, done. I would ask questions, right? Because if, if something was supposed to be done in two weeks or a week, and all of a sudden, it was done in two days, that could be worrisome to me, right? So what, when we look at foundations... They can show us how far it's going to go, how long it's going to last. And I think the same is true of our faith. When we look at what our foundation in our faith is made of, it's going to show us how far or how long that faith is going to last. And a few weeks ago, we, or sorry, it was probably about a couple months ago, we finished up a series in the Sermon on the Mount, and we read these verses in Matthew chapter 7. By the way, if you want to turn there, you can turn there to Matthew 7. Um, if you want to follow along online, you can do that as well on our website. You'll find all the verses and all the notes there as well in the follow along tab. But in Matthew 7, starting in verses 24 and 25, it says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. What is Jesus saying? If you build on what truth I give you, your faith is going to last. Right? We had that conversation a few minutes ago. I talked about things that are peripheral, more fluid, not a part of the core. He's saying if the things that are at the core of our faith are the right things, are the things that Jesus teaches us, then our faith is going to last. It's not going to fall apart. Verses 26 and 27, then he says, But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. He says, When you let things get into your foundation, let things get into the core, and they're the wrong things. And difficult days come. Hard questions come. It's going to fall apart. Because it wasn't built on the right stuff. Let me say it this way. Nothing we can build will ever outlast the kingdom of God. Nothing we can build on earth can outlast the kingdom of God. What do I mean by that? Every relationship has an expiration date. Every building is going to fall apart at some point. Every organization we build or business we build is eventually not going to exist anymore. Now, it might take the end of the world for that to happen, 
but it's 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 got an expiration date. It's going to go away. It's going to fall apart, right? My wife and I, our marriage, at some point when one of us die, that marriage is over. It's just going to happen. And so that relationship has an expiration date. One day my house is going to fall down. Hopefully it's not while I live in it. But one day it's not going to be there anymore. What Jesus is saying is the truth that he's handing us has no expiration date. What is true that Jesus teaches is not going to be false yesterday, it's not going to be false today, and it's not going to be false tomorrow. It's not going to be false 2,000 years from now, it wasn't false 2,000 years ago. The truth that he gives us is going to outlast everything that will live ever on this planet and be created on this planet. So we have to attach our lives to that truth and not truth we can create. Because if we do, we're putting ourselves in the place of the truth creator, and those foundations will fall apart. And sometimes we do put at our core of our foundation as people, relationships, organizations, jobs, bank accounts, all of those things have an expiration date that we need to recognize and understand that the truth Jesus gives us has no expiration date. It will be true forever. I want to go to Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul gives us a very clear understanding of what it means to create and build our foundation on who Jesus is. And he he goes to this verse in in verse 6 of Colossians 2. It says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. This is so important. Hopefully, there is a time where you decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you know when that day was, or you can remember that time or that place, right? If you can't remember that, or you'd say, I've never done that, I would urge you to do so, and I would love to have a conversation with you about that. But if you would say that you're a follower of Jesus, there's hopefully a time where you recognized you were a sinner, Jesus was offering forgiveness, you accepted that forgiveness, and you decided in that moment to be a follower of Jesus. But here's the most important part, right? You must continue to follow him. Second most important part. I said most important. It's the second most important. We have to continue to follow him. There's a continuation of that faith. It is not something that we can just make the decision and then go, done. There's a continuation that happens. He goes on in verse 7 and says this, Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Verse 8, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Verses 9 and 10, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. We're going to come back and kind of unpack these verses, but I want us to get something that I've kind of been saying over and over again already, but I want us to recognize, and that is that teaching that is in opposition to Jesus cannot be true. Jesus, as followers of Jesus, Jesus has to be the litmus test for how we figure out whether something is true or not. And so if we get a piece of truth, whether it's from me or it's from the news or it's from your friend or it's from somebody else, right? If, if it doesn't match up with what Jesus teaches, it cannot be true. If it's in opposition to Jesus, it cannot be true. And back in verse 7, I want to go back to verse 7, and, and Paul 
helps us with this progression. It helps us understand how we make sure that what we're learning is true. It says, let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. There's a very clear progression here, right? Let your roots grow down into him. As we understand plants, right? The roots grow down. That's where you get nourishment. That's where you get the things that sustain you. That's where you get the things you need to live. He says, let your roots grow down into Christ and let that be the place you get. And then he says, and let your lives be built on him. So the roots go down and as growth happens, you grow strong. Why? Because then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. You're going to know what's true and what's not because your foundation and your roots are down and understanding who Jesus is and what he taught. And then he says, you will overflow with thankfulness. I don't want to leave that last phrase because I think it's, it's there for a very important reason. He says, as you do this, you're going to overflow this thankfulness. Part of your growth is going to be this idea that you are thankful. Here's what I would challenge us with. If we follow Jesus begrudgingly, we're missing something. Like if it's, if it's, if it's frustrating, if it's annoying, if it's upsetting, if it's just like, ah, I guess I, I got to do this, or I got to do that, or I got to, you know, like this is just, well, I said I'd follow Jesus, so this is where I got to go, right? Like that's, we're missing it. As we understand Jesus, as we understand, even the way that we took communion earlier today and understanding what he has done for us and the foundation he gives us, we will overflow with that thankfulness. And that doesn't mean that that thankfulness is easy. And in fact, what we know about things that grow is that growth takes time and it takes work. How many of you like working in gardens? A few? Okay, good. How many of you would rather mow it down than grow it up? Yes, thank you. That is my job at our house. Now, I don't mow down the garden, but like my wife will be excited about growing things that we can eat. I would much rather just order it on Amazon and eat it. Like I, I take joy in like I'll just mow the lawn. Like let me just chop it. That, that takes me an hour and I'm done, right? If you, if you know that there's going to be things that are going to grow, you've got to plant it, you've got to water it, you've got to wait, you've got to hope that it's right, you've got to keep the rabbits away, you've got to do all this stuff, right? Like I'm out, okay? That growth takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. I'm glad some of you like to do it because I get to enjoy that then, right, as I go to the farm stands or whatever, but it takes time and work. True growth is going to take time and work. It's just a matter of fact. It's, it's going to take that, if, if we do something that doesn't, if we want to see growth and it doesn't take time and work, chances are those, gr- those roots are not deep and the foundation is not strong. So we have to have that time and that work. And so when we think about our spiritual lives as well, if we're going to grow, if we're going to have those roots grow down in our foundation beyond Jesus, it's going to take time and it's going to take work. And that's the difficult part that we get stuck in sometimes, right? We get to the waiting. Because if we don't move from the waiting spot, at least waiting is sometimes easier than working. So we get stuck waiting and saying we're not going to continue forward, we're not going to continue to follow Jesus, or we're not going to move forward in our faith. Because growth takes time and work. But that's not what Jesus calls us to. 
And so you might ask the question, well, okay, how do I, how do I know? How do I know that I'm growing? How do I know that my faith is growing, that I'm looking more like Jesus? And here's what I would say to that, is that life change is evidence of spiritual growth. The way you know if a tree is a good tree is by it bearing fruit. If you have an apple tree that's not bearing fruit, and it's supposed to be, it's that kind of apple tree, like you're supposed to see apples on it, there's a problem. The same is true of our spiritual life. If, if we are not showing fruit as followers of Jesus, then we've got a problem. And so we have to see that life change. Now, here's the part where only you can understand what went on in 2021 for you. I would ask you to take time and go, okay, what did my spiritual life look like January 1st, 2021, versus what my spiritual life looked like December 31st, 2021? If the answer is, I was exactly the same, or I was worse, we've got a problem. Then that growth is not happening. That forward motion of following Jesus is not happening. There's that old phrase, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. So we should, as followers of Jesus, be able to see that continued growth in our spiritual lives as we move through the days and weeks and months. Let's go back to verse 8 for a second of Colossians 2. He says this, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. I think this is true that as we build our foundation, our foundations are built on what we believe to be true. I'll give you a really simple example, right? If you said to somebody, I will meet you today at 3 o'clock, what are the truths that you're assuming to make that statement true? Well, you're assuming that your car is going to start and that you're going to be able to get there. What happens when you turn the key in your ignition and your car doesn't start? Well, all of a sudden, the thing that you thought was true that was foundational to your statement now is not true anymore, and your statement that you're going to meet someone at 3 o'clock is now in jeopardy. The same is true in our lives and in our spiritual lives. What we believe is true is going to be what we build our foundation upon. And so that's why Paul says it is so important to make sure that the things you believe are true are the foundational things that Jesus teaches us. And one of the things that is foundationally true for us here at GFC is that we're going to accept the Bible as our final authority. So when we look at what's being taught in our world, when we look at what's being told to us or what direction we're being told to move or what we're being asked to do or all of those things, right? We're going to go back to Scripture and we're going to say, this is our final authority. And, and in that, Jesus' life is our final authority. That's at the core of who we are. And so as we build our foundation on what we're going to do and how we're going to live as a church, Scripture is going to be at the heart of that. So as we move into 2022, I would ask that you do the same. That the Bible would be your final authority. That Jesus' life would be your final authority in how you process information, how you interact with those around you, how you learn to live in 2022 as those things that are around us may move and change even more than they already have. And so I have, I have four things that maybe we can walk away with as we say, okay, 
if I'm going to do this, right? Like if I'm actually going to build my foundation on who Jesus is, how am I going to move forward then? How do I make sure that if, you know, if I said, what was your spiritual life like in 2021? And it was not better, it was worse, or it wasn't as good, there wasn't as much movement as you would have liked to see. How do we make sure that that does happen this year? What do I do with that? The first thing I would challenge us to do if we're going to build on our foundations for 2022, is that we would create measurable goals. I think we all probably have something in our mind that we've gone, I would like to do that one day. And then it never happens. Anyone else have that? I have one of those. I would like to learn how to play guitar. I know about three chords, which is enough for some worship songs, but I'm not that good. Okay, I'm not good at all, I should say that. But it's one of those things, I have never put like a time stamp on it. Because it's just one of those things, it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to one day. My wife is smiling at me because I have a guitar in the basement that I never pick up. So she, she knows this, right? I've never done this. I've never put a time on it. If we don't put a time stamp on it, if we don't make a goal that's measurable so that we know if we failed or not, it's not going to happen. We have to say, this is what I want to see happen, and this is when I'm going to do it. That way, if you get beyond that timestamp, guess what? You failed. You can define that. And you can say, okay, I need to try again, or I need to make the goal different, or I need to set it up differently. Okay, so then how do we do this? I would, I would say to you, and I've said this to myself, look for the weakest aspect of your spiritual life. What's the weakest part? You've got to evaluate that for yourself, Right? And say, what's a measurable goal to make that area better? How do I make movement from that spot in my spiritual life? And then define what that thing is going to be. Make it a measurable goal that you can work towards. The second thing I would say is that we should commit to the right environments and relationships. I've said this to you before, too. People who work out a lot hang out with people that work out a lot. Because they know that those people are going to cause them to do the thing that they want to do. So part of this year, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to commit to the environments and the relationships that are going to cause you to do the things that you want to do. You've got to put yourself around people that are striving for the same goals. This is, again, why we say we want you to be a part of Sunday morning. We want you to be a part of a small group. We want you to engage in those environments. Because those commitments to those relationships and those environments are going to move you in the direction you want to go. If you don't want to grow spiritually, don't commit to those environments and relationships. Hang out with people that don't want to do those things. It's the same thing, right? We've, I don't know if you heard this as a teenager. I heard this as a teenager. Hang out with the kids you want to be like. Hang out with the people that you want to look like. Hang out with the people that are making the life choices that you want to make. If we don't do that, we're going to do the opposite. The third thing is this. Pursue difficult questions or difficult issues. Don't look at things that are difficult and say, I'm going to shy away from them. If you have a a difficulty finding truth, search for that truth. Go and figure it out. Go see what Jesus has to say about it. Go see what scripture has to say about it. Don't allow that doubt or that thing that we get confused about or we don't understand to take root in who we are, but that we would pursue the difficult questions and pursue difficult things because we want to see what Jesus has to say about them, what scripture would teach us about them. And this is the last thing before we close for today, so we would consider the cost. One thing I know about this 
is that it's going to cost us something. If you're working to grow spiritually, that also means that other things are going to have to take a back seat. If I want to learn to play guitar and really learn to do that, that means I'm probably going to have to stop watching TV or stop playing a video game or stop, I don't know, watching sports. I can't even think I say that, but like something like that, right? Something cra- Something's going to have to change. You have to give up one thing to move in another direction. The same is going to be true of our spiritual growth. It's going to cost something. And when we move into an area where we go, I want this growth to happen, or I want to build this, or I want to do that, and we don't count the cost, what can happen at times is we hit a spot where we're like, oh no, this is going to cost me something, and we quit. We stop. We step away. But you've got to think about, I have to think about, what is it going to cost me to do this? Is it going to cost me time? Is it going to cost me energy? Is it going to cost me resources? Is it going to cost me the things that I want to do, some of the things I want to do in order to do the thing I really want to do. And so we've got to spend time saying, what's it going to cost me to follow Jesus? What's it going to cost me to, in 2022, look more like Jesus than I did in 2021? Because in order for us to look more like Jesus, we have to look less like us. And so we want to, this year, build our foundation on Jesus. We want him to be the motivator of who we are. We want him to be the motivator of the lives we lead. We want him to be the motivator of who we are as a church and who we are as a people. And if we're going to look more like him this year, we have to count the cost. We have to commit to those relationships and environments. And we have to make sure that we're, me- we're creating goals that are measurable so we can continue to move forward and not stay in the waiting. Would you pray with me this morning? Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to continue to move forward in our faith and that you give us the challenge of looking more like you. And the fact is that we can never accomplish that completely. None of us will ever be able to say, I look exactly like Jesus until we get to heaven and all things are new. We pray that we would continue as we live life. We step into a new year. We build on the foundation we've already built, that you would cause our roots to grow deep, that our foundation would be on you. We would be able to know what is true and what's not based on what you teach us. And that our lives would look more like you in 2022 than they did in 2021. In Jesus' name, amen.